welcome to Ladies Talking Leafs, season four, episode number 10. I'm Chris. And I'm Syl. And it seems like forever since our last show, and that's probably because we've only played three games since our last episode, which was uh, it was a really good one, actually, with Mike. Hopefully, Mike Agello, Mike and Buffalo, hopefully our listeners out there, if you haven't checked it out, check out, check out uh, episode number nine. Uh, in between, though, we've had the All-Star break, which wasn't really that exciting. I don't know. Did You, you didn't watch the game, I, Sil, right? I didn't watch yeah, it. Yeah, no, anymore. I watched. Sadly, I watched everything. <laughs> oh, you did? Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. <laughs> I did. I did what I did watch it all. I sat through it all. Um I, I guess the game was okay. Yeah. Um but the I don't know. I know that they're trying to you know what it, what it is, I guess that's bothering me about this whole All-Star game concept. And I really hope they iron a lot of these things out for the future. And we will discuss why in a second. Yeah. Um, because it's that they are just veering away from the, I don't know, their their brand, their authentic NHL product. It's getting too gimmicky and too discombobulated. Like I know they wanted to do, and I, I actually love the stuff they did on the beach. That golf thing they did was cool, but the way they went back and forth between things, um, they didn't do it as well as they did it when they were in Vegas with the outdoor stuff that they did. Um, and there just wasn't any energy around that somehow, you know, like it was like, they're just doing this thing. And even though the skill level and what the players were actually doing was was incredible, um, it came off as kind of boring because I think the part of it is, is the players come in there, they're kind of thrown into this thing. They mm. don't really know what they're doing. So it's, I don't know. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it's just, and then it was very fragmented the way they were throwing back and forth to these things and. I don't know. Yeah, that part of it I didn't like. That was in the skill. That was more in the yeah. skills competition, yeah, I think. Skills where they competition. Were, mm-hmm. Like, that's what I thought too with that breakaway challenge, I think it was, which Mitch Marner was in um, and his rendition of Miami Vice. Like, they, yeah. they had him, but then you didn't see. Like, the next one wasn't until like an hour later or something like that. Right. Or it seemed like. So, it, it, that was weird. The no, only that I, was more like an exhibition breakaway shot. Yeah. Not a breakaway challenge and not a competition at all, especially when pretty much you know that it was scripted a hundred percent. Yeah. You know, maybe not even by him, like by Mitch, like it maybe it wasn't even his idea. And Luongo even said afterwards that he didn't do what he was supposed to do. So that right oh. there tells me that they are basically taking all of the fun out of it for for the guys as far as potentially being creative or whatever and yeah. they're they're micromanaging it too much as well and i don't know they they need to get some better people working on it <laughs> i think yeah yeah i'm I sure mean, it's really fun for everybody that was there yeah and that's what they say they say that it's it's for the local mm-hmm. market basically but yeah the um I mean, personally, I enjoyed the mascots. I know you did. No, too. I know. But the thing is, is they don't even show that part. Like they, you hardly even see anything. You just see little snippets on YouTube or Twitter or whatever, um, yeah. a little bit of footage. But 
they actually could, you know, use those, use the mascots as more filler inter- entertainment throughout yeah. the whole thing. A, li- a little bit. Yeah, they could. Mm-hmm. They could definitely because it's supposed to be for kids too, right? So yeah. The kids, I, I'm positive they would just love to see Carlton and uh, and his friends <laughs> from around yeah. the league. But well, um, it says yeah. something when the highlight, according to almost everyone, is was Sid and Ovi yes. and Ovi's son. Yes, yeah, that and I like the dunk contest too. No, it was it was interesting. Yeah, but in the, like in I the said, skills competition, they could have done I, it. I they could have done it better. Yeah, yeah. I didn't um I didn't watch any of the game but speaking of doing it better they're going to have to do it better because it's supposed to be it's well it's not supposed to be it's coming to Toronto uh mm-hmm. the All-Star game is coming to Toronto next next year for 2024 so the last time it was here was back in 2000 and um we've mentioned this I think the last show that we didn't actually go to any of well I went to one of the events but um but hopefully it'll be uh well, I did hear um, that they're supposed to have something at the gardens. Possibly, they're thinking of including that. So, so that'll be good if they do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be really cool. Yeah, that I think we would actually go to or think about going to if the tickets aren't like astronomical in price. Yeah, we'll see how they how it goes with that. But um, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I <laughs> I doubt that it's going to be very cheap. But no, same time though. Um, you want to have the fans there. So they, yeah. I hope they do a, a variety of different tiers of, of, um, you know, being able to purchase different types of packages um, so that people can go to some of, some of the events at least. Yeah. So speaking of putting together a great event that is accessible to all, we were, we actually went to the Leafs outdoor practice on Sunday, which was super fun and of course free. Um, uh, we got a lot of good photos and video, which we'll be posting on social media and our Kofi page. So definitely subscribe to our YouTube channel to see all of our videos and our YouTube and social media handle is uh, LTL1917. Uh, so the open practice, that was great. First of all, the weather was spectacular. So yeah. that made it just really, really, really nice and pleasant. Um, it's really good crowd. Um, yeah, it was nice to see the players up close and they looked like they were having fun. And of course the, um, the, the P H the P W H P W H P A. I always have issues right. with that. P W H P A. Yeah. Uh, women had a skills competition, uh, prior to the Leafs practice as well. So that was also really fun. Yeah. And the, the crowd seemed pretty into it from mm-hmm. that part of it too, for the, for the women's skills competition for, uh, there was, uh, like Marie Philippe Poulin was there, Aaron Ambrose, um, Hillary Knight. Brand, so yeah, Brian yeah, Jenner, so, Brian Jenner. So all the, the women stars were, were there, which was great to see them. And then, yeah. And then afterwards the Leafs came on and, uh, and had a little three on three, or not three on three, three teams. Yeah, but, and it was uh, three on three. Oh, was it three on three? It's three, <laughs> right. it three on three I, tournament. <laughs> I know it was three teams. Yeah. <laughs> At first I thought it was four teams. Anyways, it was, uh, who ended up winning? I'm forgetting. It was Team Ontario. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Yeah, so it was Team Europe, uh, Team North America, 
and Team Ontario. And of yeah. course, Team Ontario was like totally stacked. Yes. So really. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so they won and I'm sure they had something like the guys probably had some some treat for the winning team, I'm sure, for them. And uh, yeah. yeah, so but we had fun. Like you said, the weather was good. So that's that's what probably made it even better because if it was freezing cold and forget it, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we would have lasted that long. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was really, really great. So anyway, now it's time to get on with the show. And of course, we're going to start out with the good, the bad and the ugly. Uh, luckily, uh, there hasn't there haven't been that many games, so not too much ugliness happening right now. Um, and then we're going to change things up a bit and we're going to put our Ladies Talking Leafs highlight reel on hiatus for this episode. And instead, we're going to do a new segment uh, since it's only a couple couple of weeks away from the trade deadline. Uh, we're doing a new segment called Who Says No? And for the third period, we're going to be going around the league and we're going to chat about some of the teams that have caught our eye as we head into the last 30 or so games left in the NHL season. So without any further ado, let's talk Leafs. So the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, like Sil said, there wasn't too much bad and ugly, but um, my good uh, is that Austin Matthews could return sooner than later, which I think we definitely need that. Um, and there, because there wasn't too much good from the last. I mean, the Friday night versus Columbus, it was uh, it was a good game, but then the game prior. to to the all-star break the boston game was not so good and then we had the game on saturday night versus columbus again and that one was horrible so we need austin matthews to be back but we need him healthy obviously too so i don't think i need to go on too long with that because he's he's our best player and you can notice quite a bit that he's missing especially on the power play yeah, especially on the power play, and just and I not... think also we are missing him uh, defensively. Uh, the yes. team defense has not been as good since he's been out, yeah. and he's been. There's been other you know stretches where he's been out in the past where you haven't missed him as much. Yeah, uh, this time around, I think we're noticing that he's like he's definitely missing from the, the lineup, and I think we it's, need him it's back. Interesting. I think it's the commitment. Because like he yeah. was there, the commitment is not there. And I think that's where his 100%. leadership comes in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, his leadership to be committed to playing defense and getting the team to do that too. So yeah, it's like, if you don't have that guy leading by example, then it's a, it's a problem. Yes. Yeah. What's All your right. good? So my good, you know, like you said, we've only had really a couple of games really, and I'm going mostly on like the last two. And I decided to highlight uh, JT um, this time around. First of all, he looked like he was a man on a mission coming out of uh, that the break. You know, normally that first game out of the break, you expect it to kind of be a little bit of a dud. But yeah. speaking of leading by example, he really did that that night. Like he really had 
a lot of power in his game. Uh, he scored two goals. Um, the other part of it, you know, nobody played great on Saturday, but he didn't shy away from the criticism. And he basically reiterated uh, what Sheldon Keith said about the lack of effort and, you know, looking at why they, you know, don't show up against some of these play, some of these teams sometimes. Right. And yeah. um, so I kind of thought uh, he had a decent two days, uh, especially given the dud that they put up on Saturday. On Saturday. Yeah, no, I mean, he's overall, he's had a, a really good season, I think so far up to this point. And, um, and yeah, we just need, we need more of that from him, right? Leading by example, mm-hmm. like we said, we need those four guys anyways. It's basically do or die with them right now as I, right now I see it because our bottom, until this whole trade deadline, I guess, until we find out what happens after after the trade deadline as to who's here and who might not be here or if anything happens, that um, it's really relying on those four guys to to be producing for us. If we don't have them producing, then we're not winning very many games, 100%. <laughs> unfortunately, right now. All right. And, okay, let's move on to the bad. So the bad, I couldn't, I mean, I always harp on, and I'm still keeping track because, I mean, it was on TV too as to not so much this weekend playing down to the level of the opponent, but because we were actually playing well um, in that first period and a half or so. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to harp on on that uh, for the losing to last place teams. But just overall, the stats just don't look very good lately. Um I guess when it comes to, for example, David Camp, I mean, he's not a scorer, scorer, but it's been two months since he's last scored a goal. And on the power play as well, you notice like Riley's goal, there was a, a stat that was put out to say Riley's goal on the power play versus Columbus was the first one from a D-man in 69 games. Yikes. And yeah, like that's going back to last season. Like that's pretty bad if you only have a defenseman like in 69 game score goal in the power play. And um, I think I think Dave Ellett probably got more than that. <laughs> <laughs> right? he, he probably scored more from us from the point back in the 90s. But anyways, our favorite guy there. Um, and then, of course, my friend, Michael Bunting. I don't like to hurt his feelings too much, but he's a little bit he's he's not staying on the edge too well. He's going off a little bit and he's taking too many penalties. So the, all these things combined is just not coming out of the break, we just need to nip it a little bit and, and hopefully improve. Um, we really need some production from that bottom six somehow. Like we're mm-hmm. not, and this is, we'll talk more about this in our next segment, the, for the, about the trade deadline. But, um, but yeah, we've, we've got to get some production and we got to get some production from the point and Michael Bunting, he needs to be Michael Bunting, he can chirp and do all that, but he just needs to stay away from the refs, I think, a little bit. Yeah, I, I heard last year he um, what had like a 15-point differential in, in drawing penalties versus being, call, being called for them. Like he, oh, he, really? he drew 15 more than, oh, wow. than, than um, he took. And this yeah. year, he's pretty much even. So right. that just shows you that he's being called differently and the refs are looking at him differently. So 
but it's not going to help his case going off on them all the time. But there was one moment during the game yesterday where he was screaming at them from the bench and JT was beside him and he didn't say anything to him. And I actually think that's one thing that, you know, him, him as the captain, you know, if he just taps him on the arm and says, you know, cool it, he doesn't have to say much, Um, but somebody needs to kind of tell him to just chill a little bit. Take a breath. Yeah. Yeah. Because his, yeah, he's not doing himself or the team any favors because we don't need more penalties because our PK is re- right now it's 14th, I think, in the league, which is not good. And special teams mm-hmm. are huge going into the playoffs. And if he's playing on our top line with our top players, like he just needs to rein it in a bit and not uh, not make stupid plays, basically, and, and waste his time talking to the refs because they're not, no matter how hard he screams, they're not going to go his way basically that's right yeah so what's your bad for me uh the the bad that i chose to discuss was uh the fact that they hung poor joseph wall out to dry in the second and third period on saturday i mean you got a rookie goalie coming in who's got a great record this year probably he's a little bit nervous to get his you know latest shot um in net for the big club i think it's his first home game i don't think he played Last year, yeah, at home, did he exactly? Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I think that he, because he didn't have like they played really great in the first period, that that was their best period for sure. Um, and so he didn't get a lot of action uh, in that first period yeah, at all. I think he had. But like then they three, decided to, three shots. Yeah, I think. <laughs> but then they decided to stop playing in the second and third period, and yeah. and were very scrambly in front of him. So how could he even really see what the heck was going on? Um, and get a handle on things. Um, so I kind of felt bad for him. And I thought that was, you know, not really very good on on the veterans <laughs> in, in of this of- club to let the that guy just, you know, I mean, yeah. it didn't end up being that horrible in the end, but still is not really still, nice. They should have, yeah, they should have won that game. They had it in hand and they basically... Yes. Yes, that is Just, the thing that is the most important to note. They had a yeah. two nothing lead yeah. going into the second. And they so, just thought it was going to be easy and just forget yeah. it. Like, And they just basically, like, Sheldon Keefe was pissed Yeah, <laughs> after that mm-hmm. game. So, um, no, and I'm glad that he called them out. And I'm sure that they've moved on from it. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's a good that he, thing that he said something and noted the effort for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, we don't have any ugly because we only had the three games, really. And, uh, I mean, the All-Star game wasn't ugly, I guess. It was in a nice place, at least. Yes. Yeah. It was <laughs> close, so, though. It was close. But um, So, we're going to move on and we're going to have some fun and get into some trade possibilities for the Leafs in a special pre-trade deadline segment we are calling Who Says No? All right, so this is how this is going to work. We looked through social media and we chose a couple of trade possibilities. So it's just, you know, those kind of fantasy trades that people put out there um, or some media members, just trades that speculation. And um, then we're going to give the details of the hypotheticals and each of us are going to give our thoughts as to who says no, the Leafs or the other team involved, or if we think it would be a fair deal. So let's do it. So the first deal we have is courtesy of one of our Twitter followers um, at God 
G-H-O-D, 29. <laughs> yeah. uh, so he suggests that Toronto acquires Jake McCabe and Max Domi from Chicago, um, retaining, uh, and I guess Chicago would retain 50% of each player's salary. Yeah. Uh, Chicago would acquire our 2024 second, our 2025 fourth, and our 28-year-old D-man, Miko Kokinen. And... Uh, also 21-year-old center, Mikhail Abramov. So who says no, Chris? I actually think that it's not bad of a deal. But I think it's a little bit too much to give to Chicago. I don't know for all that. I have to, you kind of have to look at the, I guess the, uh, because what attracts me is killing, as a lot of people have been saying with some of these deals, is you're getting the two Two things that we need, defense and a bottom or a guy that can play, I guess Max Domi could play with JT, I guess, on the on the second as a left winger with him. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if Max Domi is a is a good fit for us. I don't know. I just don't I don't I don't see it that way. Mm-hmm. I like Jake McCabe, even though uh Mike our um, insider, he was saying um, last episode that he's been injured quite a bit, but yeah, I still think sounds it sounds very much like he's Jake Muzzin light. Yeah, in every sense of the world, word, <laughs> including the injury history. Yeah, so so I'm gonna I'm gonna say still so that we're gonna say that Toronto is gonna say no because I just think it's too much to give up for that type of question mark when it comes to the uh even though they'd be retaining salary and all that mm-hmm. and jake mccabe i think he still has two years left yeah all right and domi isn't he domi's a, a ufa, UFA isn't he? yeah so that's, then that's like he's a rental yeah and i don't know the domi factor i kind of feel like that's just i'm not sure about that i think it's, i think it's just because from his time with montreal with the Habs. well maybe but the thing is is that his dad he's an alumni who was a very very popular leaf when he played and basically when his captain disappeared he also disappeared yeah yeah you see him on commercials but you don't see him anywhere and actually you don't see him on commercials anymore either but that's the thing is that I don't know. I just don't know if we need to go down the Domi road ever again. So yeah. I say no. You say no. <laughs> you, you say no. Never mind. The team say no. <laughs> and right. I do. I agree with you that that's a lot. That's a lot to be throwing in. Like, I don't necessarily see that they need, you know, a second rounder for that. That's like two draft picks. And yeah, I think and that's the a two lot. Players. Yeah. And I mean, we haven't seen, I don't think Kokanen, I don't think he's, I think he's pretty good with the Marlies, but I don't think he's had a chance up up here with us at all. No. From what I remember. And yeah, neither has Abramov. I think we've seen them in the preseason, but that's about it. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I'm going to say no to that as well. All right, let's go on to the next one. The next one, we got this one. It came from NHLTradeTalk.com. And this one is Toronto acquires 26-year-old winger Connor Garland and Vancouver would retain at least 25% of his salary um, because his salary cap hit is $4.9 million per season and he has uh, three years remaining. So that's Vancouver would definitely have to keep some of that. And in exchange, uh, I kind of changed this a little bit because they, in exchange, I say Vancouver would get 
left winger Pierre Engvall and Toronto's 2024 uh, second round pick. And what I changed was it was actually supposed in the NHL trade talk.com article. It had Kerfoot going the other way, but pretty much me and Syl don't like Pierre Engvall and the way he's been playing. So up and down this season. So, um, so yeah, so we put Pierre Engvall in there instead. He can go and have some time with, um, with suit man there, Ilya Mikheyev and uh, in Vancouver. Well, I, it's possible too that, that Engvall would be a better fit for Vancouver, I think as well. They need mm-hmm. a lot more kind of dynamic scoring and Pierre Engvall, when he decides to, can kind of drive a play. Yes. Um, and Kerfoot's a little bit more of a utility type of guy, which I don't know if, I, I think they need somebody a little bit more exciting. And and by all accounts, Pierre Engvall, he believes he's that type of player and that kind of person. So yeah. maybe in a change of scenery, in a place where he could be a little more the man, you know, behind somebody like Pedersen or whatever. Um Maybe he would flourish there. You never know. Maybe yeah. he would get his 20 goals that he says that he's he should get this year. Yeah. And there has been talk, I guess, of Vancouver buying out Connor Garland and his contract. So mm-hmm. in a way, we'd be doing them a favor if they if if we would pay out part of the remaining three years of his contract, then like they wouldn't be paying it in full, basically, like by if if they were to have to buy it, buy him out. So um so yeah, so and we've looked at Conor Garland before. That's the other reason why um mm-hmm. I I picked out this trade too is because we've looked at him before um getting bunting out of Arizona. We were looking at Conor Garland the last time. So um, So who says no to this then? So I think it's a fair deal. You do? I, I actually yeah. think Vancouver would say no. Yeah. I do. I think right. that they probably won't want to retain the salary. Um, yeah, but they're going to have to pay it all out anyways if they decide to buy him out. Yeah, and they'd have to pay him all. They'd have to pay f- like almost five million p- for three years, fifteen million, as opposed but to maybe only paying- maybe they would pivot on that. Who knows? Maybe hmm. they're not going to buy him out anymore. I don't know. I, right. I think that they would want a, maybe a little bit more than just. Uh, well, they're getting the player in the draft pick. Yeah, but they maybe they want another like a lower round, an, another lower draft pick. Oh, hey. I don't know. I think that they might try to or want a little bit more than that. Okay, so you're saying Vancouver says no. I say it's a fair deal. Yeah, on that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's the the last one that we have? Here? All right. So the last trade suggestion we have: Toronto would acquire 33 year old center Adam Henrique at 50 percent salary. Anaheim retaining, of course, and Anaheim would acquire Mikhail Abramov and Toronto's 2024 fourth round pick. So who says no? Okay, so this one we actually came up with, or I I came up with it, actually, because I just liked, I like the idea of Adam Henrique being a veteran guy. He's actually playing with Trevor Zegras um, on line with him. And so he's on the, I believe that's their second line that he's on and he's, he's doing, he, he can score basically. And that's what we need in our, in our bottom six. Um, We need somebody that can score. We need point producing. So um, that's why I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind getting him and he's a veteran guy and let's just say the injuries, he's a centerman too. So 
uh, as we're seeing right now with Austin Matthews out. I mean, not to say that this, he's going to replace him, but at least he can. He has a bit more size than Kerfoot too, at, for a centerman, so mm-hmm. he can uh, he can step up in that way too and take key draws. I think he's pretty good on the draw. And Mikhail Abramov, um, I don't know. We've never seen this guy too much, and I've always heard his name, but he's twenty one years old. He's a center too, so I just uh, I just kind of thought, why not? <laughs> Do you think that that's the prospect that like the fact that we haven't seen him anywhere mm-hmm. really? Um, I don't hear his name a lot, even no. when they talk about the Marlies. Well, that's, that's so. the thing that in, when you showed me the, I look back on the um, the article that you showed me from the Toronto Star where Haley Wickenheiser was going through mm-hmm. all of our prospects, yeah, and like he wasn't mentioned in there either. He, she went through mm-hmm. about ten of them. Well, then and, that's why I think that Anaheim might say no to that. Yeah, they probably will. <laughs> but hey, <laughs> why not give it a try, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you 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 know, these things are a negotiation. So you yes. have to start, you know, uh, somewhere and you want to start with a lower type of bid. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. That's why it's a fourth rounder. If they want a third rounder, whatever, we can think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Assuming we have the dark but, 20, I mean, <laughs> that Henrik, uh, I did look a little bit at his stats and he's still doing pretty well. And, um, yeah, I remember when he was with New Jersey, uh, I mean, he's definitely, uh, a guy that Lou always loved and, um, was a mainstay on, on those teams and has been a mainstay on, uh, Anaheim for a lot of years now too. So, um, yeah. it's never bad to have, um, you know, key veterans. So, you know, you got to figure out, figure that, uh, I mean, we did pretty well when we got Gio last year, uh, not so well when we got Felino. So maybe this one would be another good one for us. Yeah. And just to let the listeners know, the reason why we went through, most of these names obviously aren't flashy. It's not Ryan O'Reilly or Timo Meyer, but, um, or even Barbashev, I guess, is another one from St. Louis that like the big name people that are on the or players that are on the uh, trade trade boards, but um, but we didn't really look at them because really Kyle Dubas's uh, press conference last week didn't give us any indication that he that the Leafs are going to be going that way, um, and he really seemed strong in the fact that he doesn't want to do the rental player. And we were talking with Sill actually off the air here. Um, just the fact that that Nick Foligno trade really probably made him think twice about doing that uh, again. Um, because as we all know, Nick Foligno got injured with the back and never basically made a real impression or didn't really do anything for us. And it uh, wasn't his fault, obviously. He got injured, but uh, we gave up a first round pick for that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, it yeah. always seems to be that, that, um, they all, every team always seems to ask more of the Leafs than anybody else. Like <laughs> I'm yeah. always, you know, know, they ask for our first rounder and then you hear that they were okay with getting like a second rounder from somebody else. Uh, so, yeah. um, yeah, yeah that's you another don't want to sell the farm and get, you know, give up on prospects. Like, you know, obviously prospects are just that prospects. You don't know what they're going to be, but you don't want to get fleeced either. And he, for sure, Dubas was tempering expectations. So I'm yeah. not saying 
I don't think we're saying that he's not going to try to pull something big if he can, but it has to be realistic. It has to work within the cap, obviously, and also the future uh, plans for the team. So, yeah, yeah so he's he's not going to he's not tr- he's trying to not get everybody's hopes up for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we've covered some of the trade possibilities for the Leafs. And now for a third period segment, we're going to go around the league to chat about what some of the other teams are doing before the deadline. So, Chris. Yeah. So let's take a look at the Metropolitan Division. Yeah. So the team, we're not going to go through all the teams like uh, we we're talking about this with Sal before. We could be here all night if we do that. But um, no. So the team to watch for me in the Metro right now are the New Jersey Devils. And, um, yeah, I don't know. At the beginning of the season, I remember they were quite, they were on a hot streak at the beginning of the season. And, but we were like looking at their goaltending and saying, yeah, they're not going to survive too much, uh, or towards the end of the season, but they're, they're goaltending tandem that, uh, Vitek Vanacek. It's funny. He was on Washington as well. It's like, what's with Washington, the goalies? They're like, uh, <laughs> yeah, they seem to be a goalie factory, but they give up on them too yeah. soon. Yeah, so uh yeah, he's been playing well for them. They have Mackenzie Blackwood is still there and he's he's played lesser games, but I don't know, uh Jack Hughes is really ha- he's injured right now, but he uh he got injured after coming back from the All-Star game, but um but they just seem to be uh a, they're only 3 points behind Carolina uh in second place in the Metro and um I just think that they might have some jam. They might uh, give some teams there some some issues. That would be one series, I guess, because right now, I guess the Rangers are right behind them. I think they're three or four points behind them. They're right in between. So they would be the Rangers versus the Devils. In oh, the, yeah. That would be some sort <laughs> that of... That would be one heck of a first series. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and they got, of course, um, on defense there, they have uh, Dougie Hamilton. Mm-hmm. So he's he's a pretty... Big, big D man, and he's a power play producer. So, yeah, that's who uh, I'm looking at there. And why don't you go next with uh, with the okay, central? So in the central, uh, I'm kind of thinking that we need to keep our eye on Winnipeg. Um, Winnipeg has been quietly putting together a really, really good season. Um, they have a couple of star players that don't get mentioned a lot in Josh Morrissey on D and Kyle Connor, who is like up there with the league leaders. Um, You know, they actually are uh, really well situated coming up to the trade deadline as well. Like you don't really hear much about what they might be going for, but um, I think they probably need a little bit of a score, more scoring punch. Um, so they might be looking for a scoring forward and maybe a guy like Pionk could be uh, one of the chips that they move out, even though they do really like him um, and maybe possibly look at somebody like Pugliarvi. Uh, but I think Winnipeg is going to be a team that potentially could surprise uh, some folks uh, in the, in the playoffs. Yeah. And again, they have like, they have Connor Hellebuck too, right? It starts yeah. a goal. They have right? a star goalie. Which, yeah. And that, that really helps them. And yeah, it's funny. They don't, it's kind of weird. It's like the first season that even the, like nobody really talks about them on the, like hockey night in Canada and that. I know. It's like, (laughs) it's like they don't exist as a team. A lot of people, they're like, they're focusing on like Edmonton and Calgary out West. Exactly. And in Vancouver, it's just because of the craziness going on out there. And, Mm -hmm. 
And but Winnipeg's they're in second kind of place in, in the Western Conference, and they're only three points behind Dallas right now. Oh, they're so. only three points behind Dallas. Huh. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, because Dallas is doing well in there, too. So the interesting team, too, there, not to get too much involved into it, but is Nashville as to what they're going to do. Because they, yeah, they have some players there, too, that would be nice trade possibilities if we, if they would work. But we won't go back there. Okay. <laughs> All right. So next up, of course, is our favorite team in the Atlantic Division. Who to look for? Of course, the Tampa Bay Lightning. We're just going to focus on them for a little bit. And when it comes down to it, actually, because we're basically, we're playing, we know we're playing the Lightning in the playoffs. And they have cap issues just like us. So it's not like they can just... Although I, I was listening to one of the talk shows and they were saying how their general manager, I forget his name, but that he's a very shrewd general manager and he's managed to get, um, he's, he's kind of like Steve Eisenman in a way, um, basically take it or leave it kind of guy. And, and he doesn't like when it comes to trading players, he's, it's not that he doesn't care, but it's just like, if he has to, he has to, and he gets it done. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I look at their lineup from the other night and it's really, I mean, Anthony Sorelli, is the problem, I guess, when you look at it versus Matthews. They always put him on Austin Matthews for whatever reason. I guess that's their checking center. And Matthews is just going to have to, like, I mean, he played, Matthews played well last season, but he he's just going to have to know that he's going to have to fight through that again this year. And then really, other than that, it's like the bottom six. It's the Ross Colton, Nemestikov, and Corey Perry. And then... Pat Maroon, Pierre Edward Belmar, and they have an empty actually at center on the other on their last list is from the Tampa Bay website. They don't have a fourth line center apparently. Um, but I mean, those names aren't fancy or anything like to say they're big name players, but they, Oh, that must be Nick Paul. Cause he's not even in here. So that's who's missing here. I'm just figuring out myself. Maybe I should go work for the Tampa Bay lightning and fill in their lineups. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, so they're not names that are like, they jump right out at you, but they grind and that's, and they score. And that's what we need from our players is to grind and score. Especially from that bottom bottom six. And then, I I mean, the goaltending, we're not, they've won the goaltending basically. Like there's no questioning that. Like (laughs) we'll give them that. Yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, that's the only difference I really see in them. And it'll be interesting to see what they try and do at the deadline, considering they're, I think they're almost in a worse position than us. But Well, uh, Ken Hitchcock actually was on, um, I can't remember what station it was, but he did an interview and he was talking about the playoffs. And he basically said that in the playoffs, the top two lines from each team cancel them cancel each other out. Mm-hmm. So it all comes down to who you have in your bottom um, six. Yeah. So, you know, when you, when you mention that, it's like, that is kind of how we need to look at things and how we match up there. And I'm pretty sure that's, you know, what Kyle Dubas is going to be focused on as well. Um, yeah, and they're they just bring they bring the nastiness in the playoffs basically. And yeah. right now, the way we're constructed in that bottom six, I don't think Sheldon Keefe 
has found that type of, I mean, they can't go all out now, obviously it's, it's regular season, but they even randomly throughout the year, they just, we just don't have that in our bottom six right now. And I think Kerfoot does, Kerfoot's the only one, uh, and David Camp, I mean, he's, he, he plays his usual, he has good size. He's, he's a, he's a defensive specialist, let's just say, but we need production from these guys too. Right. You Mm -hmm. can't have zero goals for three months and play like he's been playing average 15 minutes a night, David Kampf, for three months and he has no goals. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, whereas these guys produce, right, these Mm -hmm. these uh, and of course, we all know Corey Perry's always in front of the net and making an ass of himself, basically. Um, mm-hmm. but he manages to get the job done that way. So, so yeah, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, I think in a way, Kyle Dubas is kind of waiting as well, even though you shouldn't really wait to see what your opponent's doing, but they're, they're saying that each of the, each team, the Leafs and Tampa were like watching each other as to what, what moves we could make or don't make so, as we it's get definitely into the a chess match. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. We're both in the same predicament, really. But um, mm-hmm. on on defense, I mean, the one guy that we did have, but he decided to go back to Tampa, I guess, for family reasons too, was Zach Bogosian, and that's the type of that's the type of D man we need. We need now. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll All see right, what so happens. So what's your for the Pacific uh, Division? Yeah, um, there's actually quite a few teams that are kind of interesting there, but team I chose to focus on uh, because I kind of want to see what they do is is Edmonton because you know they made it to um, the second round last year yeah and um, ended up losing out to oh was it the second round or the third round anyway they ended up losing out to Colorado yeah so but you know you can't have continue to have uh McDavid and Dreisaitl doing what they're doing, also getting what you're getting out of Zach Hyman and just not do anything. And now there's um, speculation about their interest in Carlson, um, Eric Carlson from um, San Jose again. And it would actually take quite a lot to get him because they're very much up against it. Um, they only have, they have under 2 million in cap space going into the deadline right now. Um, but, uh, you got to figure that's a team that really needs to do something and on D more than anything else. So, um, yeah, cause they have, I mean, I guess they have Darnell nurse, who's a mm-hmm. good defensive specialist, but they don't really have, I mean, I think their power play is number one in the league, but their quarterback is Tyson Berry. Mm-hmm. We all know Tyson Berry. And if they do go for Carlson, he's more than likely the one that's going to be moving out because of uh, his salary um, right. would work. Because yeah. Carlson has a really big is it a really big ticket at $11 million per year, and he has a lot of years left on his deal. So yeah. something like six years left. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And I guess Jack Campbell, we all know Soup Man there. Mm-hmm. He's uh he's been playing well lately. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, I'm just trying to find the uh who they played the Oilers, but I can't find it from last year. Ah. From uh oh there they are. 
I think they lost to Colorado and then Colorado yes, went to the final. So I think yeah. that's what it was, the conference final. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. So yeah. um yeah, because Edmonton beat Calgary. Yeah. And uh and then Edmonton lost to Colorado. That's right. So um but yeah, no, I I don't know. They have the two best players. Well, at least the one best player in the world, let's say, and then the second one is close to being the second best player in the world, let's just say, on one Mm -hmm. team. So if they can't get it done again this year um, to get even past the second round, like even to go to the final, um, I don't know. I don't know if they have enough to do it still, though. I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's the thing. Like, if you look at that, if your top two lines cancel out, really, they they are much more of a one line team. Yes. You know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like if, and is Eric like, if, Carlson, like, I mean, he's obviously, he's more offensive minded. Right. So, yeah. I don't know if they really, I don't know when it comes to the, it's a grind game again in the, in the playoffs, but it's a different, they're in the Western conference, which is different from us, right? I think our yeah. conference, we end up getting, killing each other basically in the, mm-hmm. uh, cause we have the best, the better teams that grind it out. And then by the time we get to the final, we, we don't have anything left, but, um, whereas over there, it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see what, uh, cause Colorado now is going to be getting healthier too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Colorado, I think is their goaltending might be a question there. Again, with yeah. the uh, Gorgiev. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, yeah, so heading towards the trade deadline day, the Leafs have a pretty light schedule. Um, so we're just going to go through that. This week, we play the Hawks a couple of times. Uh, we play on Wednesday, and then we have the Habs on Saturday, and then we it's a back-to-back. We play in Chicago on the Sunday night. So those games, we should we've already lost to the... Columbus Blue Jackets. So that's their one loss that's allowed. They need to win all these games. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter if it's back to back or what, because at the end of the season, we're going to go through it. And home ice is important in the playoffs. Sorry, everyone. If I know I've, I've had some discussions on Facebook, I guess, with some of our followers and, and whatever they're saying is like being too hard on them for losing to these bottom end teams. But these points matter. And uh, they especially, and yes, we know that last year home ice didn't do us any favors, but I would rather have still have home ice and not play game seven in Tampa. And then the following week, they go to Buffalo, which Buffalo is another team that is kind of sneaking up. Yeah. Uh, so they are sort of on Tampa's tail right now. So anyway, after after Buffalo, they're going to come home to play a Friday night game versus the Wild before they go on a West Coast road trip starting in Seattle on Sunday night to close out February. So, yeah. And so, yeah, they'll be out West for the they'll be on their West Coast swing on trade deadline. So mm-hmm. that's going to be uh, on on the road uh, on trade deadline day. So I don't know. It's um, I mean, I'm looking forward to the uh the games versus the Hawks um, could be Patty Kane's last time in uh, in a Hawks uniform that we see him in a Hawks uniform. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, he seemed and, to be pretty disappointed, eh? That uh, yeah, uh, the Rangers picked up Tarasenko. Yeah, yeah. So and then that Buffalo game. I'm just trying to pull it up here as to where they're at. They're 56 points. Florida's jumped ahead of them. 50. Oh, but they, Lord, they have four games in hand. Buffalo on Florida. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. All right. So, because Florida has Florida has been playing better lately as well. Um, right. But I mean, they're at more at the uh, the bottom end of of our division still. But um, but yeah. So no, it's Buffalo is uh, definitely in there. So yeah, that's. I mean, our games in Buffalo, we generally don't don't have a very good experience there. But we'll see. Maybe we yeah. can change it up for a bit. So, yeah, so um, next show will be just a couple of days before the deadline day. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if Kyle Dewis makes a move before March 3rd. So we'll have to see uh, what happens that way. Uh, In the meantime, be sure to follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our handle is at LTL1917 to keep up to date on everything related to the Leafs. And a reminder to to leave us a rating or review and let us know of what you think of the show. It's easy on Apple and Spotify, and it's important for our show to get more exposure as a source for Leaf content, and we thank you for taking the time. And another way to help us out is by visiting our Ko-fi page at ko-fi.com. You can follow us there, and if you choose to, you can support us by buying us a coffee. Any donation goes towards helping us produce the show and making it even better for you. You can find the link to our Ko-fi page on our show notes or in any of our social media profile pages. And a thank you, a very special thank you to a couple listeners, Sylvia M. and Tammy, who both made a donation to our show. We thank you so much. It's a really big help. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's great. And um, also before... I say thank you to our healthcare workers. I should have said this earlier, but if you have any uh, comments on our possible trade uh, trade scenarios, drop us a line, leave us a, a message on Facebook or uh, or email us, ladiestalkingleaves at gmail.com. And we can further discuss because this is the best, one of the best times of year, I guess, is trade deadline coming up. But uh, thank you to our healthcare workers and first responders for everything that they do. And as always, we thank you for listening. And until next time, go Go Leafs, Leafs, go. go. Do you believe?